Hello and welcome back to the Petrine Studio. Welcome to Lower Than Nets Podcast. I'm Blake Baggert, the parish catechist at St. Peter. I'm Sister Fia Marie, a worth catechist hoping to share our formation and personal insights in order to help you recognize and respond to the Lord, to his invitation to lower the nets at his word, and so receive the abundance of his gifts. Sister, you're in your navy blues here. One of my, well, I love your habits anyways. I like switching <laughs> to the light blues, but the navies are also a classic look. Could be that all of the teams I've ever played for are navy blue as one of their primary colors. <laughs> but it's a sign that fall is here. And so I'm just interested, what are your favorite signs that fall is here? I definitely love the changing color of the leaves. And I, I do like hot weather, but when it's crisp in the morning and that warm in the afternoon, that's perfect days for me. Those are my favorite signs of fall. I couldn't agree more. It tells me that fire burning season is upon us. Which, <laughs> uh, me and my dad are kind of Norwegians at heart, and so I love burning wood, and uh, I love the winter. So it's a great time for it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Um, so speaking of signs of fall, it's kind of our theme that we're going to address with the Mass today in this podcast of the sacramentality of the Mass. That sacramentality meaning the nature of the Mass is sign and symbol. So everything means something else. On the last podcast, we part of what we talked about was how the Mass leads us to freedom and how it orders us. And I think this idea of the sacramentality of the Mass, that everything means something else, gives us a little bit more insight into why that process of ordering and leading us to freedom can sometimes be received as boring or aggravating or I'm just not into it at times. Because the Mass, through this nature of sign and symbol, it's not really meant to sweep us off our feet, to sweep us away. It's purposefully moving us from being passive to being active in our engagement. So what I mean by passive would be, if you think of an example with a rock concert or pop concert or something like that where the lights are incessantly flashing and uh, there's the thrill of the crowd and not that those are necessarily bad things, but it's definitely meant to like put you into an emotional state. Like it kind of sweeps you it sweeps up your emotions and sometimes crazy things happen at those kind of things because people are kind of their emotions are swept up um, so it's not meant to be that but it's meant to be this engagement to engage us actively not that we're doing a lot of things but that our our will and our intellect are engaged that's what I mean by active it can be really beautiful but it does require us to see past just what we're seeing at face value so this sacramentality of the Mass is what we're focusing on. I'm going to kind of talk for a bit here to lay the groundwork of this sacramentality. It orders us and it leads us to freedom, like we were talking about last time. So I'm just going to say a little bit about both. So this, the Mass is, I guess a good way to say it might be, it's intentional la- lack of like spunk. <laughs> it instead, the Mass instead opts yeah, to engage our will and our intellect. If we don't let our intellect and will lead us at Mass, it's, it is boring, and it's intended that way. Yeah, it's not meant to entertain. So 
that's not necessarily saying that God like wants us to be this emotionless people um, because he gave us our emotions as well they're a gift from him so we we can be confident that our our emotions will fall into line when our intellect and our will is ordered correctly and what is our intellect and will made for but to to praise God that our hearts would be ordered, that we can praise him. And that's where we're going to find the greatest happiness. So he's he's making us, in a way, engage our, our intellect and will. Otherwise, you're bored. Like, if you don't do that, you're going to be bored. So it's kind of like he's leading us to that. The church is leading us to that ordering because it because as the mother she is, she knows that's what will make us happy, happiest, where we will find the most fulfillment. Yeah, and I might just add to as I'm listening to you oftentimes we get in trouble when we make it more about ourselves or we interject ourselves into the mass mm-hmm. um, the the fact that we have to we see something happening at mass and we have to engage our mind to know that there's something deeper happening there it's just that constant exercise of our intellect and will so that it's yeah drawing us out of ourselves like yeah. you said um so that's kind of the ordering part. And then the little thing I want to say about freedom, I think this freedom, if you don't recognize it's happening, it you kind of miss it. So that's what I want to point out because it comes so gently and in hidden ways, the freedom that's coming. So one thing, one type of freedom is just this freedom to worship God anywhere and with anyone that... You know, maybe I don't really like the homily that day, but I can still choose to engage. Uh, and that can that can spill over to my life and other things when it's like, I don't really like this, but I can still engage. That's a freedom when we're able to do that and not just be, I don't feel like it, so I'm not going to. Um, another type of freedom can be that I can be at the same mass, same homily, same music, I can be next to someone who's just like maybe recently married, alive with joy, just something really joyful, and I could have just lost a loved one, and we can both worship at the same mass. So no matter what my emotions are, I can be at the same mass with someone else because the mass isn't coercing my emotions, it's not trying to make me feel a certain way, Um, but it's just, it's leading me to the worship of God. So it gives us this freedom yeah, to worship God anywhere um, at, with anyone. So that kind of gentle freedom is happening. And then I think there's also like really a, a freedom for like trust and peace and joy. It's bringing us. Because when the Mass trains us to not just look at things, um, someone's bringing up the bread and wine. When I'm not just, when I'm trained to not just see it as, okay, someone's bringing up some stuff up the aisle, but there's a deeper symbol there, that can overlay into the rest of, into our whole life, because our whole life is really sacramental, that there's a physical reality happening, and that is really important. But if we just stop there, we miss so much, that if we can see that these physical realities are pointing us to something beyond, like just a couple I'm thinking of, um, when, when I'm having to do something painful, like suffering, that if my mind is trained to see, okay, I just am experiencing suffering right now, but it's trained also to remember, like, 
Jesus is suffering and that he's with me right in it. Like what freedom that is to be able to, because suffering's gonna happen and I can either just feel like I'm being punished or I can see that Jesus is drawing close to me here. That the mass works through sign and symbol leads us to freedom and being ordered. So I've done some of like the setup base work here and I think like you have some really good examples of where we see like something meaning something else in the mass. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, just as I was listening to you, I think there's one reason why we have a crucifix at the center of all of our churches. When we're suffering, we look towards that. It mm. orders us truly to um, the reality that suffering's not the end of the story. But we don't get that knowledge without going through the Paschal mystery of the death, resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And one of my favorite nights in the entire year, and I think as well for you, sister, um, is the Easter Vigil. But if you've never been, go. I mean, it is the most holy of all nights, holy of days in the year. Um, but it starts with such richness. There's a bonfire. It's no like the start of uh, no mass that you've ever been to, um, in which we bless the Easter candle and we inscribe it. And there's this whole um, rite that pr- goes with it. But then We go in with candles lit, processing into the church. So we start outside and we process into the church, led by the Easter candle, which actually symbolizes Jesus Christ. So he's coming up from the depths of hell and he's lighting the world. Um, And on this night, we also welcome the catechumens, those who are unbaptized into the church, and we initiate them into the Christian mystery. So everyone walks in with a candle except those who are unbaptized. They're missing one thing, and it's specifically that candle. And that's a symbol that they have not yet received the light of Christ. Everyone holds a candle because they have been baptized. They have had this indwelling of the Holy Spirit and are bearers of the light of Christ. And then throughout this liturgy, they come to be baptized and their candle is lit from that Easter candle that was presented at the beginning of the evening. Our faith and the profession of our faith matter. In darkness, the catechumens are surrounded by the lights of Christ and they're actually led to the baptismal fonts by those lights where they're given true freedom, a new life and a new hope to share in the light of Christ. And so there's so many rich symbols at the Easter Vigil, but we start with that one. And it speaks to us about the interior freedom, as well as the freedom that um, our base uh, sacrament, and so the foundation baptism speaks to. Part of you here too, I just wanna share about this um, sacramental, as well as sacrament and confirmation. Uh, You're here because you're helping your children prepare for confirmation. It's again, one of my favorite liturgies Um, or masses throughout the year. They'll be anointed with chrism oil on confirmation and sacred chrism is used to anoint us at baptism and confirmation. And it's the oil that's associated um, with changes of being. So it's used at baptism, at confirmation, as well as ordinations and the consecration of churches. So it's used to say, this thing was this, but now that has been anointed, it is a new reality, a new being. And oil, has been used throughout the beginning in the church because of the spiritual significance it carries. Oil seals things in and protects them. Think if you've ever redone your deck 
you restain it, you've already washed it, you've done all this work, well, what do you do next? You put on Thompson Water Seal because it's going to protect this new life that you have put into it. Uh, or maybe you've ever used products from Olay. Olay gets its name from the oil of Olay. That was its original beauty product. And so when they're anointed with this sacred chrism, that oil carries a spiritual reality with it that they are being sealed by the Holy Spirit. Their baptismal graces are being perfected and they're given special strength to be this new fragrance or aroma for Christ. And so it carries in all of those uh, meanings with it. And then my favorite one is actually old time wrestlers and like used to oil themselves up so it'd make them slippery in the ring. And when we're anointed at confirmation, it makes us slippery to resist the <laughs> devil's temptations. So, sister, I want to bring this on to a more human or natural level mm-hmm. um, and just kind of reflect what is something that you own that carries something more than just like the actual physical present weight to it or um, meaning mm-hmm. to it? Yeah, you mentioned just the change of our habit at the beginning of the episode and that's one so often that we'll, we're also, we, we say prayers when we put it on to help us remember it. Um, but I have people come up and say, oh, thanks, you know, thanks for wearing a habit. And just very authentically, I can say, it's a privilege for me. Of It's, it's something very dear that I own, tech, you know, whatever, technically, but what it carries of the reality of the Lord's call for me and all the ways he takes care of me and his like, special choosing of me, it, it carries all of that with it. And it's a physical reminder and sign of that. It's so true. Um, and so I just want to end with an appeal to our most natural human experiences. Because I can remember in 2019, it was Holy Thursday, uh, my priest in Emporia, Father Farrar, uh, goes up to one of our friends who was recently widowed and he asks for her wedding ring. It was a pretty bold move. But then he used it, as well as drawing out um, her experience, her emotions, to show the whole faithful gathered that night that our ordinary things that we have and possess come to take on eternal and spiritual meanings. And so she still felt the weight of her husband's hand by wearing that wedding ring. And which you could say, hey, that's because it's involved with sacrament, the sacrament of holy matrimony. It's a sacramental, and that is true, but all of us can relate to having something that means more than just what it is, and it represents more. It's because our world was made sacramental, as you said. Like God imbues matter with meaning, and he can use that to bring us to himself. He's constantly revealing himself. We have a God that, you know, just not that distant God, but constantly using our physical world to reveal himself to us when our our intellect and will are ordered to see it. Maybe then our, like, invitation, maybe for you this, after you listen to this podcast, whatever mass you attend next, like a good lens to look through at the Mass as you're going up. I wonder why we do that. I wonder why that. I remember when I started looking that way, um, I learned a lot because I was just starting to question of 
why do we do why do we bring up gifts why do we pass around a basket I, I, I get that we need money for a parish to function but there's deeper meanings to these things um, one of my kids last year just a funny story was you know it was I don't know if they were really getting at the sacramentality but we were talking about symbols in the mass and they were like why does father use hand sanitizer I'm like oh that's actually that one isn't <laughs> that's not in the rubrics so things that aren't in the rubrics probably don't have the same meaning but yeah I think we were able to say well he does care about us so he's trying to keep us healthy so but anyway that was kind of a funny one so that's so good that's our invitation to you as we go on because the world is more than meets the eye. So we pray that this month your eyes are opened to that sacramentality, that the way that the way that everything everything that we see means something else. Like God is revealing himself and showing his love. Amen. Thank you for listening to this great content from St. Peter Catholic Church. For more content, for other talks, for more information, please visit St. Peter Catholic Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, on Apple iTunes or on Podbean, and our parish website, stpeterlincoln.com. God bless you.